Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I D O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. I do podcast episode 11. Welcome to IDoPodcast.com, where fun and inspiring relationship experts, therapists, and couples share tips and advice that will help lead you to a fulfilling and happy relationship. Let their guidance illuminate your path to happiness. Are you ready to create lasting love? And now, your hosts, Chase and Sarah. We're excited to introduce our guest today, Dr. Tina Tassina. Hello, Dr. Tina. Hey. Hi, how are you? 
Great. How are you? Fine. I'm really glad to be here talking with you. Dr. Tessina is a licensed psychotherapist in Southern California with over 35 years of experience in counseling individuals and couples and author of 13 books in 17 languages. Dr. Tessina is an expert and known as Dr. Romance online, answering questions at divorce360.com and yahoopersonals.com. Dr. Tessina appears frequently on radio and such TV shows as Oprah, Larry King Live, and ABC News. We've given our listeners just a little overview, so take a minute, tell us about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships. Well, I'm a licensed psychotherapist in private practice since 1978, so I have a lot of experience with individuals and couples. I'm also the chief romance officer for loveforever.com, and as you said, I've written books, and so I've been a busy girl. I love that. I called you. I thought you were known as Dr. Romance, but also chief romance officer. You got some impressive titles. (laughs) Thank you. I love it. We got to come up with something, something like that. <laughs> Sergeant of Romance. Be me. Perfect. <laughs> Great. Our topic today is how to never fight again. In one of your articles, you mentioned couples are often surprised to learn they can communicate and solve problems effectively without fighting. But sometimes it's not so easy to give up the struggle. You say there are two factors that can contribute to not letting go of the fighting habit, social expectations and myths. Can you please explain a little bit about these myths and expectations before we dive into each myth individually? Sure. There's a lot of bad information, so shall we say, floating around in the ether. It comes from romance novels and and what you hear people say and TV shows and all that stuff. There's a whole lot of drama going on that isn't really helpful in a real-life relationship. What I like to do is debunk the myths that people believe that I hear all the time in my practice, you know, reasons why we have to continue arguing. And I am very busy debunking those. That's what I do. In the article, you say one of your first myths is... Fighting clears the air and brings out the truth. Can you explain how that's a myth? Yeah, I hear that all the time. That, you know, we got angry and he said this and that's how he really feels and I'm never going to forgive him or whatever. But it's not true. When you get energized, when, when we fight, we get all energized with adrenaline and that prompts us to say things just to produce an effect. Or if I'm frustrated and angry because I don't think you're listening to me, I'll say something outrageous just to get your attention. I don't mean it. So it's really important not to think that what you say in the heat of anger is the truth. It's not. There may be a little truth in there, but there's a whole lot of stuff that has nothing to do with the truth. Excellent. And we got seven and, I, and I've read over these and these are just great that people really need to take to heart in their relationship. So we're going to go on to myth number two. You talk about within your family, 
it's okay to let it all hang out, to be as emotional as you want and say things you never say to a friend or a boss. Right. That's another myth that, you know, because you love me, I can relax around you and just be my sloppiest self, my emotionally sloppiest self. But it's not true. Your emotions belong to you yourself. They're private. You, When you get upset, you should deal with it, and then you can talk rationally with your partner about it and say, you know, when you did this, it upset me. But you don't, it's not effective, and it's very dysfunctional to put out that emotional, dramatic load on your partner. It doesn't get you heard. It doesn't lead to anything good. It just makes things worse. So... It's not okay to let it all hang out. If you wouldn't act like that around a friend because you think your friend wouldn't be your friend anymore, then why would you act like that around the person you want to love you for the rest of your life? It sounds like respect. It does sound exactly like (laughs) respect, Chase. That's exactly what it is. Respect for yourself, not acting like a, a crazy person, and respect for your partner, not treating them badly. Well, myth number three is fighting just happens. You can't control it. That's another thing I hear a lot in my office, but it's not true. You don't just have a temper. You have a temper if you haven't learned how to manage your own emotions the way you should. If you haven't, really, it means you haven't grown up yet. If you still think it's okay to throw temper tantrums and, and, act badly and yell at your partner and all that stuff, then you aren't grown up. It doesn't matter how old you are, you aren't grown up. Growing up means learning to deal with your own feelings, calm yourself down, figure out what's going on. Your feelings are important because they tell you what what's, what's a problem, but they're important to you. You don't throw them out at other people. You need to learn how to control. If nobody taught you when you were three years old how to not have a temper tantrum, then you have to teach yourself when you're 40. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned that because I think a lot of these things go back to how you were raised. That's right. There there are a lot to how you were raised and what you saw around you, and kids tend to think that what goes on in their family is quote-unquote normal. Yeah. And it's not necessarily healthy or good and can be pretty dysfunctional. You know, there's that group, uh, um, Adult Children of Alcoholics, ACA. I call it Adult Children of Anybody. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it's valuable for people to take a look at their family dynamics and not assume that what went on in their family is the best way to do it. So myth number four is my wife or husband makes me do it. He or she just yells first. Well, I hear that's another one I hear a whole lot. You know, it's somebody else's fault. But your behavior belongs to you. And it doesn't matter if somebody else is yelling. You don't have to yell back. There's no, there's no rule in, in heaven that says you have to yell back if somebody yells at you. In fact, it's much more effective just to stay silent because that person will run out of yelling pretty quick. They don't have any energy if you're not giving them energy. They'll feel pretty stupid yelling 
with nothing else going on, with everybody staying calm around them. Now, I know that's not particularly easy, but it's really, it, in, the, in the real way of things, it's a lot easier than what happens when you fight. So you don't have to get into it because somebody else wants to get into it. Somebody else makes a move on the chessboard. You're not playing the game until you make a move. So don't play that game. Don't do it. Get quiet. When somebody yells, get quiet. Is there any advice you can give to somebody who's maybe in that heat of the moment, something they can do to kind of calm them down before they speak their mind? Yeah. What you need to do is understand what that feels like in your body. That heat, we call it flooding when when your emotions, when your hormones get going and, and that brings out all those anger and fear emotions. Really, people who are sounding angry are... 99% scared. And so if you get angry back, they get more scared. You get more scared. It just gets worse. So you have to notice what that feeling feels like. Put a big stop sign in your mind, you know, a big red hexagon stop sign and um, have that come up when those emotions are there. Just stop. Don't do anything. Don't say anything. Don't make any decisions. Anything you do when you're in that emotionally flooded stage isn't going to be rational. It's going to be crazy. So don't do it. Just go into paralysis. Just stop. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. (laughs) Take five deep breaths. (laughs) And just wait till things calm down. Then you can talk. The thing you don't want to do is shut down like that and then stay shut down for two weeks. What you want to do is shut down, wait till everybody calms down, and then bring it up again in a calm way. And I think that's really relatable to our audience because they can take that advice of just breathing, you know, anywhere in their life, whether it's through work or with family, any type of situation. If they just kind of step back and take a breath, they usually handle the situation probably a lot better. That's right. And I like to use the the metaphor of talking to your boss. You know, if your boss makes you angry, you're not going to yell at your boss. So you have a strategy that you already use in your life when people like a policeman or, or your boss or the tax auditor or somebody like that makes you angry. You know how to hold it down. So use that at home, too. Use that in your personal life, not only when you're talking to your boss. But don't say shut down forever. Do come back and say, you know, when we got angry back there about this thing, I'd still like to solve this problem. Well, that's great advice. And myth number five, anytime we get angry, it's natural to just argue and yell. No, it's dysfunctional to argue and yell. And uh, if it's natural to argue and yell, that means you've been around a lot of yelling people, but that doesn't mean they were right. It's much more effective to calm yourself down and say, wait a minute, let's just talk about this. I know we can solve this. Let's just figure it out. Going back to the family on myth number six here, it's big excuses. It's a family trait. Everyone in my family argues. Well, that's probably true. If you're if you're a yeller, that's probably true that everyone in your family argues. But that doesn't mean it's a good thing to do. 
the more drama there is, the more dysfunction there is. So it, we see a lot of drama on TV. People get angry and they because that makes an interesting story, but it makes for a really miserable life. So you don't want to perpetuate that system. If um, your family was a yelling family, and I grew up in a big Italian family, which is loud. Italians are loud and they're very dramatic. Most of the time it's done with a lot of, with a kind of a sense of humor and, and a lot of love, so it's not too damaging, but it's still, you don't need that part. You don't need the yelling part. You need the communication part. That's what's going to make your life work. You don't, there's no reason to fight, yell, scream, carry on in a relationship. It doesn't do anything good. It only does bad things. And if your family did it, then, you know, God bless your family. They didn't know any better, but you don't have to keep doing it. If if your family um, didn't go to school and you went on to college, then you've already broken out of the family system. So you can keep breaking out of the family system. The next myth really kind of links to number six. Number seven is it's okay to yell, shout, curse, throw things, and hit the walls as long as you don't hit a person. Yeah. That's a, another very common belief among people who are proud of their tempers, that um, it's not okay. It's not definitely not okay to touch anybody in anger, but it's also not okay to do all those other things. It doesn't, it makes you look like a jerk. It um, doesn't help any kind of communication. It doesn't get you anywhere. It may intimidate people and let you have your way for a while, but there's a big price to pay for that because those intimidated people resent you and eventually they'll hate you for it. So you don't want to do that. What you want to do is think, what do I want to accomplish here and what's the best way to accomplish it? The best way to accomplish it is never yelling, shouting, cursing, throwing things and hitting walls. These seven minutes are are all going to be on our website because they're so valuable that people can apply to their relationship with their loved ones, your significant other, or even within your family. And a lot of these things, it's really fighting is bad communication. That's right. Fighting equals bad communication. It doesn't work. You won't get heard. You won't your your partner isn't going to be thinking clearly either, so you're not going to reach any kind of reasonable conclusions about anything. So it's just bad communication all the way around. Can you give us a few guidelines for our listeners to help them prevent fighting so they don't fight with their partner? Yes. First one is don't participate. Because somebody else wants to fight doesn't mean you have to fight. There's no nothing to be gained by it. Just don't participate. Just stay out of it. Let them yell and carry on and do whatever they want to, whatever childish behavior they want to do, they can do. You don't have to stop them. You don't have to do anything. If, you know, if they get violent, then you have to leave. But don't participate. And I recommend really not participating. I recommend like if somebody starts um, being intimidating while you're out to dinner, get up and leave. Take a taxi home. Mm-hmm. Leave them with the bill and everything else. Just get up and leave. That kind of behavior 
does not require you to be polite in the face of it. Just get up and leave. If somebody's on the phone and they're yelling at you, just quietly hang up the phone. They'll get the message. You do that three times in a row, you won't be yelled at anymore. Now I was going to say, yeah, that's a really good way for them to get the message. And if they don't get it at that point, then they they might never get it. That's right. But everybody gets it. There's no, nobody who does. If you really don't participate and you really just shut down and go away the minute things start to get heated, they will get it. They will understand that. Now, you cannot use that to stay shut down forever. If you want that relationship to work, you have to come back and say, now, what were we talking about? What is that about? What got you so upset? Let's talk about it reasonably. And if they start yelling again, you go away again. It's like training a dog. You just have to be consistent. The next guideline you say is discuss reoccurring problems. Right. If a problem comes up more than once and hasn't been solved, then you need to talk about that. Because those problems, the problems that keep coming up, you keep doing this, I keep getting mad about this, whatever it is, those are the ones that are going to most likely lead to a fight because there's a frustration level that builds up there. So talk about it. This is a repeating pattern. I keep getting mad because you don't show up when you say you're going to show up. You're always late or you flake out on me and I don't know what's going on and I get angry when you do that. So you can talk about that and you can um, sort out what's creating the recurring problem. It's usually some kind of misunderstanding. It's usually two different definitions of what you think you're doing together and you're at cross purposes. And that's why there's a recurring problem. Or, you know, one of you doesn't accept something about the other one, or both of you aren't accepting something about each other. It's things like that. And you, ha- you need to talk about them. They need to be resolved. You can agree to disagree. You can say, okay, you know, I don't particularly like this thing that your family does, but it's I don't have to participate in it. And you can make your own decision about it. You can agree to disagree, but what you need to do is stop it coming back over and over and over again as a problem. Great. And the next guideline you talk about is to seek to understand. Right. What gets us into arguments is trying to force our viewpoint on somebody else. I'm right. I know how this goes. You have to listen to me. You don't understand it. That all of that leads to fighting. But if you go, tell me more about that. I think the three most important words you can say in a relationship are tell me more. It's not I love you. I love you <laughs> I is nice. Say, that's but, another one. But tell me more is is really demonstrating that I love you, that I care about you, that I want to hear about this, that if this seems strange or weird to me, so I must not understand what you mean because I know you, I love you, I care about you, and, you know, you may be a little weird, I'm a little weird too, but you're not so weird that I can't understand you. So if if I don't understand, then I need to ask for more information. Tell me more about it. Why is this so upsetting to you? What happens that, you know, you get so upset when I leave a dirty dish in the sink or whatever it is, you know? 
try to understand what's going on with your partner. When you understand how, that doesn't mean you agree, by the way, but when you understand how your partner thinks, then solving it's very easy. I love that. We all just want to feel understood, and I love that you say, tell me more is the three most important things in a relationship. And sometimes Mm -hmm. all you need to do is just talk about it and be there for your partner, and then that makes them feel better. Right, and sometimes they come around to seeing it your way when when you're willing to listen to them. You get people are willing to listen to you when you're willing to listen to them. So seek to understand. And can you explain the next guideline, solve it for the two of you? Yes, I want you and me to both get what we want here. I'm not going to just hang in for me to be right and to have it my way. I want us to do it in a way that works for both of us. So when I'm solving a problem with you, I'm thinking about what works for you and what works for me. The last guideline is talk to others. Yes. If you are having trouble talking to your partner, it sometimes helps to have a trusted friend. I don't mean gossip and I don't mean blab to the whole world, but if there's a trusted friend or family member who gives wise counsel, then talk it out with them to get to a place where you can talk to each other. Get a more objective viewpoint, somebody who's not so invested. And, you know, that's where therapy often comes in, too. Well, that's some great advice, Tina. And with your experience in couples therapy, what's one of the biggest reasons couples struggle in their relationships? Because they're trying to be right. It's the biggest. It doesn't matter what the topic is. When, when couples are saying, I'm right about this and it's got to be my way, that's going to lead to endless struggle. You have to drop that. There is no right or wrong in a relationship. There's what works for you and what works for me and what's going to work for the two of us. Well, that was very interesting advice. Now we are going into the his and her round where Sarah and I each ask a question that's on our minds. Okay. Well, I'll go first. I think with all the information that we've just gone through, all the myths and the guidelines, is there maybe just a couple sentences where you could wrap it together as to how somebody should react when they're in a fight? Is there a couple quick tips that you can give them of how to deal with the situation? Right. When you're in a fight, realize that this isn't going in the right direction. Just stop and change direction. That's when you take the three deep breaths. That's when you just shut your mouth for a while and let the other person go on if they're going to go on. The fight is going in the wrong direction. You have to change direction. Great. And and my question is, if you're having a lot of fighting in your relationship, at what point do you say this isn't working? This is just bad for the both of us. Well, if you've really tried all these things we've talked about, and you can't stop fighting, there's two problems going on. Number one, you need to learn some self-control. And number two, you and your partner need to learn communication. So I really believe in love. I really believe if something brought you together, you probably are supposed to be together. So 
if all right, if it's getting violent, then I say when I get a couple in my practice who where violence is a problem, I say you two have to split up. You can't live together until you can figure out how to deal with each other in a civilized manner. But other than that, I think believing in the relationship is important. So give it your best shot. Go for counseling. Do whatever you can do and take responsibility for your part. Don't just sit around and blame your partner. Your partner may be acting like a complete crazy person, but if you look at it, you probably have a part in that too. Excellent. So now it's time for our favorite part of the interview, the lasting love round. We'll ask you a series of questions and you'll respond with great information to help set the foundation for a lasting relationship. We love it. Our listeners love it. So, Tina, are you ready to help us build lasting love? You got it. That's my whole life work. (laughs) Great. Well, what's one thing couples can do on a daily basis to help improve their relationship? Ask each other. How's it going with you? How are you doing? Show interest in each other on a daily basis. Those three words, tell me more. Right. Awesome. Is there a book or resource you can recommend for couples? Well, I happen to have a few. Uh, The best one for this particular topic is Money, Sex, and Kids. Stop fighting about the three things that can ruin your marriage. And it's out in ebook. It's out everywhere. Um, you can find it at tinatasina.com, which is my website. There's a books page which has all my books on it. Um, it. It'll give you everything you need to know to stop fighting. And that's what these myths come from. Well, that book and uh, the other books that you've written are also going to be on our website at idopodcast.com. So all that information will be there. Great. Thank you. Great. We're getting married this year. Is there any advice you would give engaged couples or newlyweds? Oh, absolutely. I could give you tons of (laughs) advice. But (laughs) just have an attitude of learning. Don't expect to know what's going on right away. Every marriage, every marriage, even if you've been married before, every marriage has to be built from scratch. And that means learning as you go. So have an attitude of learning from each other, with each other, um, teaching each other to understand you. Learning is the focus to have. If you learn as you go, you'll have a great relationship. Awesome. And that's why we started IDoPodcast.com, because we want to learn from great people like you. Well, I think it's a wonderful project. I'm glad you're doing it. Thank you. If you could give just one single piece of advice for a successful relationship, what would it be? Honor your love. That's the important part. The important part is not you hurt my feelings, you know, you didn't do what I wanted you to do. That None of that's important. What's important is that you love each other. Get back to that every chance you get. Remind each other of how much you love each other Stay focused on the love. The love is what's going to carry you through anything life can throw at you. Honor your love. We love it. That's awesome advice. We've really enjoyed hearing all of your advice you've given us and our listeners today. So let's finish by telling our listeners where they can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. 
Great. The best way to find me is, is tinatasina.com. That's T-I-N-A-T-E-S-S-I-N-A.com. There you'll find links to my blog and Love Forever and all those other things that I do. All the books are there. I have hundred more than 100 articles for free on my website, including information like this. So, And you can also contact me through the website. So that's the central place to go, tinatasina.com. And and I would listen because you're chief romance officer. <laughs> you I betcha. <laughs> well, our listeners can find all the information and links of today's episode on idopodcast.com. Go to the podcast tab and you'll be in the archives. Thank you so much for all your generous knowledge and for taking the time to come on our show today. Thank you for having me. This has been a delight. Are you interested in learning five ways to improve your relationship on a daily basis? How about five tips for engaged couples or newlyweds? This information and more is our free gift to you when you go to idopodcast.com and subscribe to our mailing list. Thank you so much for joining us today on I Do Podcast. Head on over to idopodcast.com for full recaps of every show, relationship resources, tips, and advice. Your path to a successful and lasting relationship awaits you. Are you ready to create lasting love? listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com